All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wrestling with the Willies podcast. It's me and Jeremy again. We're talking about Full Gear 2022. Like most of these pay-per-views or like this stuff we're uh, talking about a little bit later than it just because busy uh, trying to uh, work around like all this stuff that's been going on with life and stuff. So we're a little bit behind. But today we're talking about Full Gear and this is, I think that this was better than, uh, I don't say, I think that it was, was their best one of the year though, but like, it was still good though. Oh no, it was not. I would agree. It wasn't their best one. Because I mean, I'm trying to think, uh, honestly, probably revolution probably was either that or all out probably was my favorite one. But I can't, I gotta remember which ones were, which, like which episode, like which, uh, who was fighting on which one but uh what's it called so anyway i'm probably not going to talk about um the kickoff show matches because there was it looks like a couple or actually yeah, it looks like three. there were three of them yeah, yeah there was best friends and uh, uh going against the factory and then ricky starks and brian cage mostly because we saw it i think it was later or something right well, yeah, we watched the replay. The replay yeah, doesn't have the pre-show yeah. stuff because the the pre-show stuff I think is on YouTube. Yeah, I think. So, and then uh, Eddie Kingston with Ortiz going against June Akiyama, and oh, okay, that was just a, sing- a singles match. I thought it was a. T- I thought they were saying that it was a. T- uh, uh, tag team match or something at the time when they were talking. Uh, they announced it. Maybe they changed it. Oh, um, yeah, whatever. But anyway, I shouldn't even really comment on them because because we didn't really watch it. But the pay-per-view started with Jack or Jungle Boy going against Luchasaurus in the cage. And this was a good match. I mean, like, I thought it was cool. And Luchasaurus put over, like, Jungle Boy great. You could tell that they care about each other because he was really trying to, like, sell most of the moves that Jungle Boy did. Yeah, and it did not surprise me at all that he uh, that did he something off the top of the oh, cage. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, because at the beginning of the match, I said, oh, he's going to do something from the top of the cage. Didn't know what he was going to do, but I just figured he was going to do something. Yeah, and there's always somebody that ends up doing something off the top of the cage every time. Well, yeah, and I knew it would be him because he typically, it's like if Darby Allen's in a match, you know he's going to be the one to do something. Uh Jungle Boy, same thing. If he's in a match, he's gonna do something. Yeah, it's um, like it's the now, the one that's the one that's funky. The group that's funky is it could be any of them as Death Triangle because any of them can actually do wacky shit. Yeah, so, that's the main thing too. Is like uh, they do so much flippy shit now. It's like hard to even say like it even does it. And like uh. It doesn't surprise me when they do something off the steel cage, especially it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to do a splash off the top cage, top of the cage, or uh, like something, and you have to do something really crazy, kind of like how uh, Ricochet did the 630 off the top of the cage. It's like stuff like that where you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe he ended up doing that shit. For me, yeah, and I was just watching a video. 
I was just watching a video on Ricochet. I'm like, why doesn't he do the double moonsault in WWE? Do they not allow him to do it? Uh, I don't know. Like, maybe he just took it out of his repertoire, afraid of getting hurt or something, maybe. Maybe, I but don't know. That, that was a sweet move, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched it. I think he did it in NXT a couple of times, though. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, Vince McMahon kind of ruined him a little bit. But I knew it. Flippy, uh, flippy wrestlers he doesn't really care about. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was a good match. I liked mo uh, some of the moves in it. Like, Luchasaurus pretty much trying to beat the shit out of him at one point. But, uh, yeah, the right person won. And looked like he almost missed the fucking elbow drop, too. Oh, yeah, that's what <laughs> I remember. That was the thing. When he did that move, it was like it, he almost missed. Yeah, because it's they, like he, he almost did on it on purpose to where he didn't want to hurt him so he like kind of but he could have hurt himself a lot worse oh yeah I, I like mean, especially if he just landed straight and he missed him mm -hmm. <laughs> but i mean that's what i'm saying is like certain things it's like really do you have to do this anymore like uh, i mean even the up-and-comers just like you don't need to do anything crazy for it to get over uh, to, and to a certain degree. I mean, like, Will Ospreay and, like, Ricochet are, like, different breeds because they're, like, fucking a whole nother level. But still, it's like, I don't know. Jungle Boy's been doing all right, and it seems like he doesn't do anything too crazy. Oh, no, Jungle Boy does some crazy stuff, but not like Darby. Darby does that, that damn suicide dive. I get comments from friends of mine about that. Like, he just shoots out like a cannon. It's like, and, <laughs> he, and, you know, one day he's going to do that and hit his foot. I know he's done it enough, but I can just see him catching his foot and fucking himself up. But Yeah. Anyway. So, well, uh, well, anyway, then there was uh, Death Triangle versus the Elite, the returning Elite. And this was one of the matches where I think I was already, like, I left to go get Wendy's or something, right? I think it was, like, either that or I was, like, I just missed the opening part. Mostly because I saw, like, them coming out to the song. Yeah, and this was my favorite match. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the Elite I, do I don't, such I great don't, matches, I don't, especially with the I Lucha Brothers and shit. Yeah, I don't typically like the Elite, though. Uh, I, I'm just not a big fan of, I don't know. The young bucks seem to, do, they, they seem to do the same stuff all yeah, the time. It just gets annoying after a while. Yeah. I think that's the detriment to them. And, and that's what I think is like with a lot of like wrestlers is that they get too comfortable doing the same moves. Like yeah, I know that like some people come to see that shit, but it's like, okay. And final, oh, well, I mean, I don't think we're going to cover it anyway, but like, well, we talk about it with, we talk about it with, uh, um, Roman. That's kind of the way I feel about the young bucks. Like if you watch a young bucks match, you're going to see certain things all the time. Well, I mean, did you see like the, what happened with Claudio and, uh, Jericho though? This is most like because we didn't watch it, but like I watched what happened afterwards on Final Battle, but like how he did the finish. No, I didn't. 
Okay. But maybe so, we'll watch that still. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But, like, what's it called? Anyway, so, like, it was a, just a shocker because he beat him with a big swing. So he he spun him. Oh like yeah, I did see that. Yeah, where he yeah where him. yeah. And yeah. some people were like talking about that it was bullshit, and I was like, dude, I think that works. I mean, like everybody pops for that move whenever he does it. It's like it would make sense if he would make somebody submit off of it once. Well, I always I never understood why it isn't considered a submission like why they never played it that way because literally people get dizzy and shit doing that it's like well you could easily just say i'm i'm sick i mean yeah yeah you know they want to tap because they're they're and if you really wanted to tell it like something like say like doctor stoppage or something because he actually legit like fake pukes in the ring or something that's what i I mean i'm all I'm always surprised. Well, I'm always surprised that none of those guys get dizzy. Even Claudio. I mean, when he was doing it in WWE, it was the same thing. It was like, it must train like the skaters do because, you know, when skaters do the spins, they're trained to like, look at one thing as they're spinning and they don't change their, and it's gotta be the same thing that Claudio does. But I'm always, because the other thing you always notice too is they always put their hands out a certain way when they're doing the spins. So it's it must be a way to like offset the, like the dizziness, dizziness or, or something. something. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, and that's the only reason why I say that is like the elite. Uh, it does stuff like Roman, where they do the same thing. Like they go back and forth. And, and like it's not anything like fresh and new like especially if they beat somebody like it, it was nice knowing that the whole time they did with the death triangle where like it was a perfect finish even though that i don't think it needs to be a best of seven like afterwards which they well, announced but well that's like, that was the confusing part to me and i can say the storytelling in this match and going forward with this match was great because going into this match pack kept trying to get ray phoenix to use the hammer and he would and he wouldn't and the payoff was in this one he had to use it to beat them and but then it was like i don't know if they decided on the fly like we need to have more matches between the two of them because of how well this one went but it was like when i remember when this one happened like not too long afterwards they announced the fact that it was going to be a best of seven for the title i'm like wait that wasn't even mentioned before like you would think that would have been something mentioned going into the match like that was yeah match it seemed one like it was the- impromptu like really yeah, and- or like and then he had an idea about it but then they were like oh yeah let's do a best of seven it gives them something to do and well, best like, of seven is time. a lot. I hope that it doesn't go seven. Well, I mean, because... the, the main thing is best of seven and then trying to explain it, like doing something fresh in each match where it doesn't get boring. Well, that's what I mean, because seven matches are the same people. We talk about that in WWE where it's like it's going to get boring. After, you know, if it's like every month you're seeing or every week you're seeing the same match over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I think seven was too many. It should have been best of five, maybe. Yeah. Um, Like, it kind of reminds me of Cesaro and Sheamus when they were doing their best of seven thing, like, a few years back before they started doing the bar stuff. 
But I like this version of uh, Pack. Yeah. Or or Neville or whatever you want to call him. Neville or Pack or whatever. Like, he's been like this. uh, Even if he's a good guy, he still kind of does the bastard shit where he still does. He still cheats. He still does certain things and it still works for his character. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, compared to his Neville character, they should have done this character yeah, in like, WWE. Yeah, like, I think they fucked up. Like, Vince McMahon fucked up when they put him in with the 205 Live shit and then had him be the cruiser, the, uh, king of the cruiser rights, and then they didn't do anything after he lost the title. They should have just, like, he could have done the bastard shit and did it against regular fucking whoever. I mean, it would mm-hmm. have been a little bit tougher to do it against fucking Braun, but like, I'm sure that if they would have given him the chance, he probably would have. And that's why I like Death Triangle too, because their matches they do different shit all the time. Yeah, like, expe- especially like uh, freaking. Uh, I mean, I've been a fan of Penta like for a while, <laughs> like ever since I saw him in Lucha Underground. It was when- funny because I remember I think he was when we went to WrestleMania in Orlando. I think he was at WrestleCon or there yeah. was a thing. Yeah, uh, I at think him and Phoenix where- were there. But I don't think their names were the same then. I think it yeah, was like Pentagon like, or it, something it was like Pentagon that. Because that's when they were still in Lucha Underground. So there was Mil Muertes, which I think he still goes by the same name. But then there was Pentagon. But at one point, they changed it to Pentagon Dark. Because it was kind of like, you think about wrestling now, it's like more, it, uh, Lucha Underground was more of a soap opera. Like they really turned up the soap opera element to 11. Like, they told, like, everybody had a different story. Like, he had stuff with Vampiro, where Vampiro trained him, and then eventually he turned him as a dark version to, like, break people's arms and shit. And that's when I was like, oh, really big fan of, like, Pentagon, because, like, he would just show up, break somebody's arm, and then they would be off of TV for, like, a couple months. <laughs> and they wouldn't explain like oh they healed the arm or whatever but like anytime whenever they had to tell out somebody like being gone they're like oh pentagon comes in and breaks their arm so he still does it like in the ring to this day but i'm filming or whatever uh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't mind it like uh that was my brother aaron <laughs> i mean we'll what are you coming asking you out. something uh yeah he was asking about a muffin because she as she uh, yeah crystal brought home some muffins so whatever we'll just edit that part out or whatever <laughs> <laughs> or we'll just leave it in. Who cares? I yeah, mean, whatever. I, I mean, yeah. but I'll, I'll I'll look at it when I'm doing the edit. But anyways, we can pause but, uh, for a second. So uh, anyway, where was I going? Oh, anyway, so I've been a fan of him, and then Phoenix was in there too. Like he and like I think they did a lot of matches against each other too when they were in Lucha Underground. But same with Brian Cage. Brian Cage was there, and Helico was there. Jack Evans was there. So most of the AEW guys that are in there now pretty much were in Lucha Underground. That's how they got their start. Like Prince Puma was ricochet in there so like that's kind of like how he kind of got huge at one point was he was doing stuff in lucha underground as prince puma and then i'm trying to think so they all had like different names and stuff some of them had the same names but then 
they would do like different character stuff but like uh that's a so anyway like i've been a fan of like them for a while now so it's nice knowing that they do the freaking uh the same moves but then they're super different especially ray phoenix does shit that no one else does like running the rings as like the the ropes as fast as he does and then like he is so fucking limber on the damn ropes and then they do the canadian de- the de- destroyers like all the fucking time and they come out of fucking nowhere that's the only thing is like the elite ain't so much like that no they're not that's why i said they do a lot of that super kick crap so it, rhyme, it kind of reminds me of yeah. of the usos yeah. The only thing um, is that they made the super kick party like part of their fucking thing, so it makes sense now. Well, Some, yeah, it makes but, like, sense still, for them, it, but it's kind of boring though. It does like, when it's every PC match. Trigger, yeah. I like that move. Like it was funny. I made a comment because I guess somebody in NXT ripped off uh, the V trigger <laughs> from Kenny, and then I, so I commented. I was like, dude, at least you sell the fucking thing. Because, like, you see it, and it looked like he was just, like, not wanting to hurt the guy. I was like, dude, at least Kenny goes in there and tries, like, being, like, a maniac and trying to destroy your head. Like, you know, like, that's the one thing I love about the V-Trigger. If he he sells that motherfucker, like, he's trying to kick your head off. That's one of the reasons why I like that move so much from him. But, like... Some of these other guys can't fucking do it, so you shouldn't even do the move. So, anyway, and now we might as well talk about the funniest damn moment of the pay-per-view, or one of the funniest moments. <coughs> well, when Jade Cargo came out with her body paint? Yeah, so pretty much, uh, like, I remember it was a couple of weeks before Full Gear, she was talking about ideas for new ring gear. For full gear, I'm assuming. So she was asking, somebody was like, She-Ra from, I think that was the name, from like uh, Thundercats. So she, and she was like, oh, okay. So she goes to do it. And then uh, she comes up with the idea to paint the bottom part of her legs. And she's like in a unitard. With the thong, instead of, like, having just underwear, like, where it just covers it, she decided to wear a thong, and uh, it was, like, all ass. That's all I saw. Like, when she came out, I was like, oh, she looks cool. But, like, every moment during this match, and, like, we've talked about, like, that Jade Cargill needs to get better in the ring. Like, uh, I, like, I like her character and stuff like that, but, like, she needs to get better in the ring. And I think she that definitely with, should not be 41 and 0 or whatever it is. Yeah, right now. like, she's 41 and 0, and she keeps on getting in these matches. Like, Nyla Rose uh, is the best, <laughs> the best person to go against at the time, right? So, uh, to put her over, really. And then. But uh, once again, so um, the best person to put her over at the moment, but they keep doing like Roman matches with her where she does all this shit and then she does one finisher and then uh, pins her or whatever. Well, like the Rose well, beat her up 
for a good while, and all I could focus on was Jade Cargill's ass or titties the whole damn time, because her damn suit was so wedged so far up her ass that you could see her thong out, <laughs> and and it looked like her well, boobs almost the, fell out of her well, shirt. Yeah, yeah, and then the paint was rubbing off, so so like on her butt, you could tell. At first, it was a. Uh, conversation we were having whether or not it was leggings she was wearing or if she painted her skin but then as the uh the match went on you could tell it was paint because the paint was rubbing off so then she had two spots on her butt where you could tell the paint had rubbed off and she had paint all over the place that had rubbed off so it just it just wasn't a good solution i'm surprised they went that way with doing it but th- they did it with the Hulk. I think she did Hulk in the last pay per view, or She Hulk. Well, yeah, and they but did I the don't same remember thing. Her doing it with her pants or like her legs or whatever, but she, I mean, still. well, yeah, I don't, I, I don't recall if she was if she painted her legs. I know she painted her arms though. Well, I remember I'm just that saying, like, and she, her face, and, but, and she didn't have like a for real like thong. It was like close. Well, like, what I'm getting at with this match was the fact that it was Rome. Jade's matches are like Roman matches, except they only go like eight minutes. At least Roman's matches go like 25 minutes every time he does I'm it. So I get so bored of those matches, like so no, bored. No, no, we've talked about it. Roman matches are the same, but the result is the same. Like Jade's are eight minutes. Like this one was eight minutes long and it was basically jade kind of got her ass whooped for most of those eight minutes and then at the end she hits one 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 move i think she hit it twice yeah nyla rose put her her in her own finisher put her in the in her finisher to pin her and then she bounced out but then she beat her with her finisher afterwards jaded i think, yeah, I think this what was it's called. yeah i think this was one of the best storylines going into the pay-per-view because i i liked the tbs champion in parenthes in uh, quotation marks for nyla rose because she stole the title i thought that was funny um but but then the payoff afterwards with the whole, I don't know what the hell this Jade Cargill thing with Bow Wow is. I, I uh, and she was. I know they beeped on Twitter, on Twitter or something. Yeah, but, they were talking they're shit on Twitter. It. Like he was talking about, he wanted to fuck. Like he was thirsty for for her. Now it seems like they're trying to make like a fucking wrestling match or some shit. Where it sounded like he was thirsty as fuck to hang out. <laughs> Okay. That's what I took well, from it. Yeah, but they, and then she but they brought up and wanted they, his signings or some shit. But they brought it onto TV. I mean, where he, where now he's saying I'm done with music or something, or I can't remember exactly what he said, but I don't get it. Well, I mean, I, he's only done one damn song, like that made him any. Uh, never mind. I just I don't get. I do, yeah, I just, <laughs> I just don't get the. Well. Yeah, I just don't get the point. Anyways, yeah, I don't really get it either, but it's probably it... because they're like, it's a famous name. Let's make, you know, like how they had like Action Bronson and shit on there. Like they just were having like other people on there just for like, I don't know, Cloud or whatever the fuck, like just to have them on. So 
whatever. Decent match. I mean, probably one of the better matches that she did, but I mean, pretty much she got her ass whoops. You could tell she got right. her ass whoops. Well, she was carried for the she, eight minutes. Yeah, she was carried through the match, though. You could tell. But, uh, yeah, so, and then, okay, so even though they made up for this anyway, um, later, like, that I mentioned at Final Battle, but and then there was Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, Claudio, and Sammy Guevara, and this match was good, I mean, like, I liked it, but also at the same time, does Chris Jericho need to win? They they are very high up on Chris Jericho. They keep on like yeah, fucking Jer- Jericho doesn't need to have a title. I I mean yeah, like he, he could just be a figurehead on TV. He's just into regular feuds with people. I honestly don't even know if Chris Jericho even has to wrestle anymore at this point. He could just be the he could just be a talker for the Jericho Appreciation Society and everybody wrestles for him. That's what I think the best gimmick for him would be. Honestly, is that he's like a a manager of a group where everybody worships his ass. I think that would be hilarious. And then, then you then you could have people turn on him, and then he could wrestle a match because he doesn't want people to leave his fucking group. That's I literally you know, thought that Daniel or uh, Daniel Garcia should have left though. Honestly, oh, I thought he was. That's where they. I seemed like, like they were I going, they but were then they changed it. Like him doing the turn on da- Brian Danielson, but he should have left. I mean, like he would have made perfect sense for it. But like, yeah, the match was good for what it was. I mean, it was twenty-one min- minutes, and it was just all four men that are all great wrestlers telling a story. But I just don't think that he should have won. Uh, it would have been nice to see Daniel Bryan win. It would have been nice to have uh, Claudia win it back, which turns out that he won it back like a month later. But like, yeah, I, I would have like, to say I don't, I don't understand. Well, the one thing at this point I don't get is why Bryan Danielson went to AEW. Well, it seemed like he just wanted to be uh, be wrestling with other people. It seemed like. But it, but he's like losing all the time. I, I, you know, he doesn't win. They're jobbing him out most of the time, and I'm like, I don't know if he's not doing much different than he would than he was doing in WWE. I mean, so it's like I don't, I don't get the point of him leaving at this point because it doesn't seem like the. Well, I mean, it makes right sense thing, with but, certain people, but yeah, it's, it doesn't really make sense with him at the moment. Like, what's it called? It makes sense. Well, Miro's with the same way. Knowing that we're talking about this, like, uh, definitely Miro could go back eventually. Like, they haven't really done anything with Miro in a while, but I don't know if it's because of his own thing or if it's AEW doing it or what. Well, well. I had heard the last piece was that he didn't like the last creative option they were giving him, so he rejected that. Um, but, but still, it's like the Redeemer shit was brilliant. I mean, and if I was WWE, whenever his contract comes up, they could pull that. Because there's another person on here, and I'll talk about it in a second, that I think... AEW is trying to make sure that they that that person doesn't leave, but um, oh yeah. Anyway, like uh, what's it called? Like it was like but, with but Soraya. Soraya. Yeah, Soraya. You could tell that match. Baker. You could tell that. 
Yeah, you could tell she's got ring rust. You know, you could tell this was her first match in, like, years. It still wasn't bad, though, considering how long she hasn't wrestled. I mean, people are giving her a lot of shit, but I'm like, you know, she hasn't probably been in the ring in seven, however many years it's yeah, been. Yeah, it's like six or seven years or something like that. She has it, like, and she didn't, like, lose that much. You could tell that there was ring rust, but, like, she didn't lose that much of a step, and I was surprised that she was doing some moves that she was doing in this match. And I think that, like, some people are worried about her safety and stuff like that, but, like... The same thing goes with Daniel Bryan and Sheamus and all the other fucking dudes that have been wrestling now, like that had neck issues with like Edge and stuff like that. It's actually been four years, but at the same time, I didn't realize it had been that long since she wrestled last. It was 2018, but still, I mean, CM Punk, uh, to me, looked worse when he returned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, but, he was going for mean, her even longer, but I mean, but it, still. But it, but it helps that she's only thirty at this point. So yeah, you know, like the, uh, and the match was good. I mean, like, and the person that won should have won anyway. Like Britt Baker, you knew that like Britt Baker was going to lose, and it made yeah, sense gonna, for her to lose. I'm interested to see who her mystery partner is going to be, though. I. The rumor oh, is it's a, Sasha. Oh. Oh. Yeah, because oh, she's I mean, she's it. facing Britt Baker and uh, Hater. Uh, at uh, Winter is coming in January. I don't think oh, she's so facing Hater and Britt Baker, Baker then. I think so, but Soraya has a mystery partner. Yeah. So, there, so, so I mean, like, it could be anybody. You know, I mean, like, I heard that she signed a deal with uh, New Japan, too. But, I mean, that goes for, like, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter about the situation. It seems like Trinity might be going to AEW, too, with the way that she's been hanging out with Jade Cargill, too. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I don't like, know. Trent so, Tr- Tr- has more ties to WWE than Sasha does. I mean, you know, because of uh, uh, Jimmy. That's the that's the only thing I think. I mean, you could hang out with other wrestlers all you want. I think that, like, Alexa Bliss has been seen with AEW wrestlers. I think them and MJF were hanging out at one point or something. So, I mean, uh, you would think that they would hang out as just wrestling people. I mean, they're, they're all in the same profession. Who cares who you yeah. work for? Yeah. I mean, we're not in that, a, we're not in that, ca- we're not in that kayfabe. We're not as yeah, much in kayfabe anymore. But um, but yeah, the there wasn't much so yeah. to the Soraya match to me. I mean, it was a match. You could tell there was ring rust. Soraya should have won. She did. I mean, and it's set up for yeah, stuff then, going forward. Uh, of course. The, uh, so pretty much, yeah, like everything worked out with that one. But it was like, especially this match, this upcoming one, you could tell that they're probably trying to protect Samoa Joe to keep him from leaving. Because oh, you that's know exactly that that's exactly what they're doing. Because uh, William Regal, especially with the especially with the William Regal move, that's the, yeah. with Regal leaving. I guarantee you, Triple H talked to Samoa because Samoa always was liked by Triple H. I mean, Triple H brought him back after Vince fired him the first time. 
Well, so, I mean, obviously they cared about him because they already gave him two championships now. They're like, hey, make this dude super happy. <laughs> and this was one of the matches that well, the funny I thing is, missed, but then I rewatched it again afterwards. And, I mean, it was just a Haas match. And so, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, awesome. it wasn't like anything. And then I just thought it was funny with how the finish went you know essentially but i mean like it made sense it made something good for wardlow and it looked like wardlow was talking about coming back after a dynamite or something because well, he yeah, was off triple, for like a week or so yeah the triple h or triple threat matches triple h uh, the triple threat matches always make you can always make somebody seem strong because you don't have to go over on them so if you want to keep somebody strong triple threat matches are easy ways of doing that because you could just have them um you know pin somebody else or whatnot but um you know but so that's that's why i said when we were watching it it had to have been something related to making that dude happy why you would put two titles on the guy yeah like yeah, and there was so many ma- matches on this fucking card too. Like, just the the next match, I could tell you, I did. I don't remember paying much attention to this one, dude. I don't think it was really worth it. <laughs> I mean, I was watching it. I was like, man, fuck. I didn't really care about it. It's it Sting and Derby Allen, and then like Sanjay Dutt with with uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Fuck Jared and Jeff Jarrett. I don't really care to ever watch him wrestle ever again. But I'm not saying that he's a bad guy or whatever. But like, really, you shouldn't hire Jeff Jarrett to go into your company, knowing that he fucked up TNA and shit like that, and then like he fucked up Global Force Wrestling. I think was the other one that he tried on. But, uh, well, that's my thing. I mean, they they these companies bring him in, right? Where he did that shit, but yet, like Vince Russo, you don't see him being hired by anybody because of what he did to WCW or what they perceived that he did to WCW, right? But he basically well, did the I mean, same fucking thing. Uh, they hired him at TNA a bunch of times, but they got to the point where they were like, "Don't hire uh, Vince Russo to do shit," and then he was like. And then they hired them anyway, and then pretty much lost their damn TNA de- uh, their deal that was on Spike because of it. it. Was because they told him not to do it, and then they found out months later that he was still doing it. <laughs> but that's so, my point. Uh, I mean, they perceived that he's the one that fucked WCW up, and I don't think he was. I think it no, was more Dixie Hulk Carter Hogan. was one of the main and, reasons why. Dixie Carter yeah. fucked that shit up because I mean you see it differently now. It's like it's run by Scott Diamore and fuck, I forgot the other dude. The other dude, it's that, the Smashing oh, Pumpkins guy, right? Uh, no, Billy Corgan was gonna buy it, but then he bought oh, NWA. He oh. Supposedly he was gonna oh, buy right, it, yeah. and then something got fucked up. Dixie fucked something up, and then so he didn't buy it. <laughs> So, like, that was, like, the main thing. So, like, that that's the last thing that I read. And then he bought out NWA. I mean, NWA was already kind of dying anyway, but, like, 
now it seems like it's definitely having issues because they got Nick Aldis out and and I was like, that's like the one major guy that was keeping that fucking promotion grounded, like somewhere, you know. <sighs> the next match was my second favorite match of the night. And I, one thing I am shocked by, and I've been watching this back, Jamie Hayter has been getting crowd cheers for a while. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying. I'm I mean, like, she's a really good wrestler. No, but they need to turn her face instead of her being aligned with Brit. I mean, the way the crowd reacts to her, they would pop heavy if she turned on Brit. Well, I'm they're popping on her now. Gonna, I'm wondering if they're going to be doing it where she's going to be going against Brit at the next pay per view or not. Well, I mean, she hasn't might. turned on her yet, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, no, it's... I'm just saying, like, if they're if they're going to do it, they if they should do it when she's the champion. Either oh, that, or like yeah. she does something where she screws her out of the championship, and then turns her face or something like that. Because I'm surprised that they didn't turn her face already. Well, yeah, yeah. because uh, they, they could have done mean, it when. Was damn good though. When, yeah, it was when Britt uh, turn, tried to pin her during that match. Yeah, they. I mean, did. they could have done least... it then. Good Gordon. And they could yeah, I mean, there's so much shit to put out Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. That's well, why then, I was like, if, at one point I didn't right think after this, you know, it was win. still well, and right after this, you know, it was still called the interim AE Women's World Championship. Right after this, I guess Thunder Rosa relinquished it. So now she's the actual women's world champion. And then they turned around and uh said Tony Storm was not an interim champ during her reign that she was an actual champion too. Which wonder what the fuck they were doing with Thunder Rosa, man. I, think well, I still don't know what they're doing with her. It's like, I don't, I, yeah, I don't get it's. I don't know if she's upset. I've heard she's hurt, but they think she's like mooching the injury or something. I don't know. Um, like she's hurt, but she's not hurt as bad as she's putting off. Uh, so they're not happy about it or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It seems very weird. But again, they they messed her up to begin with. I was shocked because she was the reason that Britt Baker match, and I said it in previous podcasts, that when Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker went against each other, Britt got a lot of the credit for that, but it was Thunder Rosa that put that match, to, the, put that match on the map. Yeah. Britt Baker just promoted it better afterwards. Um, yep. So, yeah, good for Jamie Hader winning the belt, though. And then, uh, of course, uh, the next one, the claim for Swerve and a Glory, which I thought they were going to tell, like, Swerve actually turning on him, which it went a little bit later, it seems like. But, like, this one wasn't nearly as good as their previous one, where Swerve and a Glory yeah, it wasn't. won. It but wasn't. Still, I mean, that... Yeah. Their previous one, I think I said it on a previous podcast, was uh, the match of the year to me. Yeah, even with them losing and all that shit, yeah. Yeah, and I think this one, problem is this is the third one. This was the third one, and I'm getting bored with it. Yeah, Um, which hopefully they don't do it again, and then I don't know. I would think that the best people that would go against them right now is the gun club, though. 
or the ass boys i should say well i don't know because they were feuding with ftr the last thing that i saw but it looks like ftr is almost like done well that's what it sounded like after a uh, final battle but i mean i don't know if that lane trips talked to them too or what i don't know about any of the situation i mean the way it's that just it's funny because all these contracts are all these contracts are coming up and it's like it's throwing shit into the fire because yeah, of just the like regime change shit to happen and that's one thing that I love about it going on right now. It's like so much crazy shit could happen at any moment now. So I'm just intrigued with what's going to happen. So, so yeah. And then, so yeah, it just was nice for the claimed anyway, especially if they keep on like doing the, the rapping and stuff. And now it's like completely over for them. And then the scissoring shit is fucking gold. I, I even got people to scissor me at work, too. They're like, that sounds dirty. I'm like, yeah, Anthony Bowen said that it's not dirty. It's just a friendly handshake. If you think it's dirty, you're the pervert. That's literally what he was, like, saying. So I'm like, scissor me, daddy ass. And they're like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> like, just scissor me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And then, of course... Okay, this is my problem. Might as well, you know, then we're talking about the main event, right? So, you know how we were talking about that it was a fucking probably work, the whole situation, blah, blah, blah. Turns out that I think he, he uh, legitimately, like, he was like, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Hopefully you fire me, blah, blah, blah. Tony Khan offered him more money and a lot more money probably for him to stay. And then this bidding war of 2024 bullshit. I think uh, MJF has been doing his best promos to date, literally, mostly because I think it's like talking about real shit, but like, I think he's just too cocky for himself. Like he knows like how good he is on the mic, right? Not so much in the ring because I mean, this match was like, okay. Like, I, I liked how they built up the whole thing somewhat. Well, yeah, but in like, this match, you can tell okay. that he wasn't. Yeah, he, and I, I've said it in the past. John Moxley, I'm not a fan of. And he's not a wrestler you can sit in the ring with and be put over. So that's the difference with CM Punk. At least he may not be as good of a wrestler now, but his match with... His matches with MJF were a hell of a lot better than this match was with FJ, MJF because Moxley was his opponent. I Moxley, he does the same stuff. He's just really weird in the ring for me. But MJF isn't very good in the ring. I, I will continue to say that. He's okay. His promo skills are the best out there, though. The dude is the best by far on the mic um i don't like giving credit for people that i don't really care for all that much but at the same time i don't know if there's one promo that i have listened to of his that i haven't liked yeah you know there's well, there's a lot the of them they'll have a really good promo good. here and there uh, but mjf i don't know you can tell it's got to be coming from a real place a lot of his stuff because it just comes off so effortlessly. So it would tell me that it's coming from his honest opinions of things, which if most wrestlers did that, they would probably get over 
Um, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like he literally said, like he was like, "Oh, I didn't really need the money because I mean he was still telling the story like that, knowing that he's still rich." But he's like, "You need to pay me like you should pay me." Like you should do your fucking job, and then if he offers you more money, to do it for more money, but you shouldn't be signing a contract that's like six years in the future, and then not expect to be paid more. You know, like you shouldn't be well, arguing with somebody telling well, them yeah, to fire and you. That's, that's what I say about a lot of athletes, right? Is like you can't bitch about a contract you signed two years ago. Because you're better now. Well, you sign the contract. You, if I was the company, I'd be like, "Fuck you." You're gonna, you can uh, walk out your contract at the end. If you don't like it, we can negotiate when this contract's over. Maybe you shouldn't have signed a four-year contract then. I mean, but you know, I wouldn't give them more money. They're being real nice in doing that. I mean, to- the fact that Tony Khan, I think he's done it twice now for MJF. I mean, you know, you, you're giving credit where credit's due in some respect, but at the same time, if they went out on TV and said something like that, I would not reward them for doing it. Same thing if it wasn't a work and he decided not to show up at the meet and greet that he's contractually obligated to be at. Um, that would cause a problem for me too, regardless of how good you are. You can, you know, we got to put these guys... You know, it's, and I say it about NBA guys and shit like that, too. We baby these fuckers. No, if they've got a contract, they adhere to what I want them to do. And if they don't, well, they, they, they don't get paid. It's like they need to start doing that with contracts. Is You know, all these contracts are guaranteed. But it's like, well, what if they just say, oh, I'm just not going to play today. I'm hurt. It's like, well, sorry, dude. If you're really not hurt, you're going to play. This low. Anyways. So, but... We knew going into this match that the way they played it up, MJF was going to win it. Now, and I also knew based on rumors I had heard, William Regal was probably going to help him. Um, so, but, and they, they played that storyline to actually with that, uh, with him going away, William Regal leaving, which is the, the talk that he's done with AEW, the way they went about it on Dynamite the following week was brilliant. Yeah. When MJF turned yeah, on him. And, and then he t- and talked about the email and stuff. And then he was like, your future endeavored and shit. <laughs> like literally mocking the email that he sent him like from years prior. I was like, uh, I like that part. That's what I'm saying. That part of him. I'm cool with, but like the shit where it's like you sign a contract and you're lucky that this motherfucker gives you money and then you freak out on, uh, on TV and it's like, Oh, okay. The next time somebody doesn't pay you what you think you're worth, you're just going to fucking talk shit. And then, yeah, and that's why, so then and he kind of did it, it in the uh, media scrum afterwards. He kind of yeah. kept going on top of that. So, yeah, and then he did just uh, shit. He did shit too. Afterwards, where he was talking about, he made the big Burberry belt now. Where they yeah, actually he changed the belt, so now it's belt. got yeah. And I was just like, "Good lord, man! Really, like it would have been nice to see like kind of like a faceish version of MJF." 
But of course, you know, got to turn him heel. Hopefully, Ricky Starks won the dynamite ring off of him, though. I think that would help out. Because if he's using the brass knuckles, he don't need the diamond uh, dynamite diamond ring anymore, though. All right, well, I think that's pretty much it, right? I mean, for the for the yeah. full gear. So our next uh, podcast for uh, wrestling with the Willies will be what? Survivor Series? Yeah, so we'll probably be doing that and releasing that in a few days to catch up. Yeah, but so yeah, uh, check out all our other podcasts so, too. Yeah, check our out website our website, and, all of our other po- uh, podcasts and stuff. We just did one on Resident Evil, the final chapter, on uh, what's it called? On Sci Fi uh, Graveyard. Yeah. Sci Fi Graveyard, yeah. A <laughs> space for a second there. But uh, yeah, like, uh, and we're doing more uh, game reviews and music reviews and all sorts of stuff on the website and YouTube and all that stuff. So thank you for joining. Have a good one. We'll see you in the next episode.